0: chance on here, Pulisic picks up the loose ball and he could be in Christian Pulisic for Chelsea 1-0 Quick thinking by Alisson and it's Salah could lift it still Salah so long two strikes as quick as lightning
1: the ghost goal podcast i think we might have set the record for most stuff to happen uh, between two days of us recording what's going uh, on a different podcasts
0: what, what the hell is going on right now
1: It is Tuesday night. We recorded episode 289 Sunday night and posted it uh, Monday morning. Uh, And in that time, the European Super League has disbanded effectively. Jose Mourinho has been fired. Uh, There's been two Premier League games that are, you know, were were of a lot of consequence. And we're going to talk about those a little bit. But this is mainly a Ghost Goal pod to preview this weekend's upcoming Premier League games. Hey, they matter
0: again! Yeah. They, we we're relevant <laughs> they went, again, guys.
1: They went. Before, they went from who gives a fuck yeah, to who uh, gives a fuck. What are we even to, gonna talk about on this pod
0: again? To hey, there's probably gonna be Champions League next year with a new shit format.
1: We're here with Javier. We've got uh, a lot to talk about. Why? Well, that's why I'm not doing the whole uh, roundup of the weekend results thing that we would probably usually do to start an episode. But uh, I mean. There have been games this past weekend, games that we just, you know, know, neglected to talk about on Sunday because that they just didn't seem important. But, you know, uh, Chelsea, Man City, Arsenal, Liverpool, Man United and Tottenham have all, uh, you know, rescinded their membership in the European Super League. And, you know, I'm sure the the rest of those teams, I think it's only the Spanish teams and like Juve that, that are left.
0: Uh, I don't know why the they haven't withdrawn as well. Going it's to dead. <laughs> yeah, it's dead. And, 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 and I said on that pod on Sunday that I didn't think that this was going to be the, the final format or what their, even the goal of what this was trying to bring. This is trying to bring reform to football. This is trying to show that owners have a certain, I don't know, cockiness. They have a certain amount of interest that they want. And it's not the same that the fans want. It's not the same thing that you know, uh, is good for football and especially the owners of these six football clubs. I mean, I think we should all be trying to get them out and I'm glad that that arsenal right now, you know, they, they, they put out an apology.
1: You should have been saying that before the, the super league even happened. (laughs) You should have been like, I mean, I think you have been, I think we all have. Yeah. I've been saying Cronky Cronky out for a long time, but I mean the effect that this has, Regardless of what, like you, you, we, we, we've what we even know the intentions to be, which I mean we don't, but that's certainly plausible that you know this was all, uh, uh you know, four D chess, like the the owners, you know, using their leverage and actually putting out it statements could be it could they were going to form the and, and then to, to mean, force that's like to the like truth, UEFA Javier? to do what they want. Yeah, but even if that's the truth, the the extent to which they have gone, all six of them, plus the the other the other teams in uh, Spain and Italy, it, it's so like beyond the line. We which for reasons that we went over on Sunday, that even it doesn't matter if you're Stan Kroenke at Arsenal or I think Roman Abramovich at Chelsea. I, I think it's grounds for the fans to frankly revolt and get those owners out. But what, that happening. Or not is an entirely different question, you know, because everyone treated today like the news that these teams were going to be uh, exiting the, the the Super League. They treat like, treated today like a win, which it was because what we had, what they had been proposing Football the won. last two days. Football one, Yeah, but at the same time, it, it's it's nowhere near enough. Like everything oh, now needs to turn to FIFA and UEFA and, you know, real top to bottom reforms or if, if possible, just getting rid of FIFA and UEFA. And, you know, starting over again, effectively uh, for whatever that would take. All of that needs to be on the table now. But it just kind of feels like people are satisfied with, you know, the things Super going League. back just put, to yeah. just putting off the discussion for, you know, a later date, which I, I don't know how that's going to go. Like, uh, like what what, what changed for these Super League clubs between the releasing those statements Sunday and Tuesday? You can claim it was the fans, but, you know, did some did some of their uh, closed-door meetings with UEFA result in them getting something that they wanted out of the Champions League reforms and we just haven't heard about it yet? It's kind of hard to know because like, the Chelsea fans were outside Stamford Bridge today, Tuesday, when the news came in. I, th- I think the news came in that like Chelsea were preparing paperwork to remove themselves from the, the, uh, the, the Super League. And all of the fans outside Stamford Bridge protesting before the Brighton game like went crazy and started singing that they saved football, which which is you know, absolutely more, fucking ridiculous. It's probably more of a coincidence because you know Manchester City were the first club to actually do it. They were the first club to actually rescind, like remove themselves. Chelsea, I didn't think, and and I'd like to point out, I'd like to point Arsenal out though.
0: United. Okay, I'd like to point out in a cynical. Point of view here that I, I wouldn't expect anything else from you, obviously. Oh, absolutely. That Chelsea and Manchester City were the first ones to pull out because you you didn't need the money. You are the two teams that are See, the that primary. Was the why we
1: should have said go fuck absolutely, yourselves in the first absolutely.
0: Place. But you you guys were already the primary offenders of breaking all the rules and having you know financial doping, which I should have said that on Sunday, used that exact phrasing because that is what Chelsea and Manchester City have been doing, and PSG is financial doping, which is, a, you know, you guys have used means outside of what your club is has produced and have gotten injections of cash in the hundreds of millions from your owner. In the case of Manchester City, billions. In the case of PSG as well. And that brought football to this point, And that has to stop. That cannot happen anymore. There needs to be rules in place for owners to have to step back. Um, like in Germany, where... Uh, that that you know, Alex, you mentioned this uh, earlier today, where the the the, the, the you know fifty one percent rule has to be fans of the club. In that way, you protect the interests of the club, and there there can't no owner with forty nine percent is going to be p- pumping in hundreds of millions into a club. The only reason you do that is because you have full control of a club. You know what you are gonna what that's gonna happen with that investment, and you are pretty sure that you are gonna make that money back or a hundred. Like in the case of Manchester City and Chelsea, I mean, you definitely have. Um, and you've uh, both of these teams have now become close to self-sustaining but like but you can't you can't but you can't okay but here's the thing you can understand why teams like Liverpool, like Arsenal, like Tottenham would want to form something like a Super League. Because this like threat... Manchester United. Yes, because of the... Even Manchester United, who now have been falling out of top four, who've been losing their sponsorships, who their next sponsorship deal isn't going to be as big as... Every year they were getting... Or every few years they were getting a bigger, bigger, bigger sponsorship deal. Guess what? They haven't been making the Champions League as much. They haven't been winning the league in the, in the past seven years. No. Now it's what? Yeah, seven years. Eight years. And now... Sponsors aren't aren't looking at Manchester United as this massive club where you know they're they're gonna start looking at Manchester City, they're gonna start looking at Chelsea. And this is a threat to these clubs, but to be fair to these clubs, they have been financially they, financially, they have been in their means. They have been fighting in their means, and teams like City, like Chelsea. And, and 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 this isn't just a threat to the Premier League teams. Teams like Real Madrid and Barcelona, who, in a way, they've been financially doping as well because they've had help from the, the Spanish government, who's been giving them tens of millions or even hundreds of millions of dollars because they claim that... You know Barcelona and Real Madrid stadiums are huge tourist attractions and that those both of those teams are the primary reasons that people come visit their country so they've been giving them shitloads of money for a long time now which is also a, a way of financial doping but but the Chelsea and city money were so even so much stronger than that that now they they, they they who when when the news of Holland wanting to leave who is he linked to Chelsea and Manchester City he's not linked to Real Madrid right now he's not linked to Barcelona why do you think that is I mean, That's not entirely it's true. it's because you like, guys have the his, most his money dad and his
1: agent went and visited Barcelona Barcelona and Real Madrid a few weeks ago. Okay, so that's not entirely he, the, true.
0: Probably, but he is, it, it's it wasn't it wasn't his agent. It wasn't Rayola. It was his he dad, was. wasn't it?
1: I thought it was both, but uh, maybe. I but, might be wrong.
0: but even then, even then, I mean, what what is bothering Real Madrid and Barcelona as well, and why I'm sure they wanted to do this Super League is because their owners aren't doing what you know. Again, it's just it seems like. Chelsea and City threatened everybody else in the way that you guys have been conducting business. And to the point, now both of you are in the Champions League semifinals. I mean, it, this is not a coincidence that all of these teams suddenly were like, let's try to get on an even playing field. So my hope is that some sort of rules, regulations come out of this to make it so that it it, 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 it it's never going to be 100% even. right? There's always going to be some bullshit made up sponsors. There's always going to be corruption. There's always going to be some sort of back money. But just to have huge influxes of cash... I think that that's got to stop. You can't have five hundred million, a billion dollars, put into a club. I mean, it, it just—I think it just ruins the the, you know, and to accelerate what so, some clubs have taken 20, 30, 40 years to build by by making sacrifices, by investing into youth, by into their academies, into their stadiums, to just suddenly get that all in five years—it just feels like, I don't know, five to five to fifteen years. In the case of City, it only took about five years. Chelsea, it Seems like even less.
1: Yeah, I mean, it it kind of feels like it's. I don't want to say it's disappeared. It it hasn't disappeared because uh, we we wouldn't be at this point if uh, if it had. But it does feel like there's while there's still like a threat of it happening. Like there were talks of uh, one of the Saudi Arabian uh, royal family taking over at Newcastle, and that fell apart. Right. um, It kind of feels like ever since I want to say. Probably when the
0: Qataris took over PSG or or Leipzig. I mean, mean, even even Leicester Leicester was taken over by... I mean, these are Thai billionaires who took it over and... Have been pumping money into the club and now they're threatening this top. Like, okay, so the problem is, right, if if all of these different clubs like Leicester, like West Ham, like Wolves are suddenly getting hundreds of millions, which is what's happening right now. Hundreds of millions of pounds are being influxed into these clubs. So for a team like Arsenal, like Tottenham, like Liverpool, who fight with their means, who play with their means, if we suddenly start don't make Champions League for a few years, because we can't pump that much money into the club. And I know that Arsenal is a much bigger club can. than Wolves and West Ham. No, you can't. I'm saying it, it, it's not possible to do it that quickly the way that some of these teams are getting it from their owners. It's 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 changing the
1: game. It's I know that you think... you think... You think Leicester and West Ham are getting that kind of money from their owners? I would say that they're getting it from the TV deal and the long-term effects of that on Premier League clubs.
0: How do you, th- you, have, how like, do you think West you Ham afforded a, a new stadium of 65,000? A
1: hundred million. No, Like dude. Aston Villa, the year they came up, spent like a hundred million. Fulham, the year before, spent a hundred million, got relegated again. Like, that's not just a... A top of the Premier League problem. That's like being seen from top to bottom in the Premier League because of the TV money in, influx, and you know I don't think that's that next TV deal. Maybe it is the same now that these six clubs are staying, but I mean it might it might drop off even a little bit, or they might you know renegotiate it so the the top as you finish higher up you get more more and more money. But the important thing about this that you know we wanted to stop from happening. Is that these teams didn't leave the, uh, the 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 FIFA pyramid and the the whole model for which we set up competition in football, and you know that's it was something it's something unique to football I think uh, at least like the extent of it and you know you can go all over the world and find different divisions of soccer that in some way like if those teams won their way like if a team in I don't know like in China wins their way to winning the Asia cup and then goes to the club world cup, they could be playing, you know, a Brazilian team and then go on to play like Manchester city or Bayern Munich or someone, if they've won the champions league, like that's, that's possible within the current system. And that I think is something that we were absolutely desperate to keep intact. And at least today, two days later, that seems to still be intact. So yeah. And I outcome. we were talking there's about it tons more to do.
0: Yeah. We were talking about it not being the, the final end. I mean, none of us really believed that this was going to fully go through the way that they were presenting it. So the fact that there was such but a big the, outcry. The intent, yeah, the intent, the intent, the intent is to so menacing. Absolutely.
1: To, to just set us all off. I think I used the adjective heartbreaking multiple times on the pod the other day. I was just like, whenever I couldn't find the words, I was just like, this is heartbreaking that my owner even... Okay, and actually I wanted to bring this up because I didn't mention this on the Sunday pod Because I'd seen the tweets, heard the rumors, but I didn't want to sort of give them give justice to them. Because I thought like this could easily just be Chelsea, Manchester City, uh, you know, just like washing their hands of blame in this. But there were rumors like as early as when the initial announcement of the formation of the Super League came out on Sunday that. Uh, the american owned or the majority american owned teams in, yeah. in the UK they came to Manchester City and Chelsea last week told them even though all the teams had been involved in super league talks like what theoretically would it look like and they knew like what it would look like if they ever pulled the trigger on it those american owned teams came to them and said this is happening either shit or get off the pot we're announcing it next weekend either you're in or you're out and you get however much money it was 600 million or whatever like to start playing in this tournament. And Chelsea and City just both like obviously said yes when they could have easily just looked to PSG and said yeah go fuck yourselves. Like they they're the only two clubs in England that I think could have done that and the fact that they didn't have the balls to do it is really really disappointing because they they're the two clubs that I mean you could say they're to blame for this and I would say Sure, but that seems like an oversimplification. Because I'm, it I'm not saying anyway they're 100% to blame. Clubs. Yeah,
0: I'm not saying they're 100% to blame. I'm just saying that if if these clubs hadn't been allowed to do this. But they're also the ones
1: you, to to basically have like had the power to stop it.
0: Yeah, they had the power to stop it. I mean, if if they didn't join, they weren't going to go through the,
1: with the Super League. Because like the, the real clubs that really wanted this to happen were the clubs that are in the most debt in the Premier League. And you know what it actually reminded me of? Did you watch the Tottenham All or Nothing Amazon documentary yeah, from I last did. year? Yeah, Yeah. So we're going to get onto that. That's, that's actually a pretty decent segue. But uh, there's a scene in that with uh, Dan, Daniel Levy and a bunch of the other, I guess, like, I don't know if it's the board at Tottenham, but it's like at least people that he's working with. And they're working on like pr- financial projections, what they can afford to spend on players in the next uh, January transfer window, things like that. And they're, they have like a graph of like, if we finish outside of top four, then this is what our projections would look like. And, you know, it was everyone in the room was extremely somber because Tottenham were having a terrible season. It was the last year when Pochettino was fired and Mourinho had been brought in. And, you know, I think they made a late push to get into the Europa League at the end of the season. But for a big chunk of last season, if you're uh, someone financially projecting Tottenham and you've got them on a Champions League budget and it's looking like you're not even going to get Europe... That, that, the look on all of their faces and the mood in the room, I, I I'll never forget it because like, they all were just sitting there, like, oh man, we're all fucked. Like, we're all going to lose our jobs. Like, I mean, maybe Levy uh, st- stays in uh, place since he's a partial owner of Tottenham, but it's, uh, it, it makes you realize just how desperate these top, top clubs are for some sort of like financial stability and, yeah
0: and, yeah, 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 and 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 like the numbers great. they're dealing like, with is like what's owners, causing them to act your so owners like, brought crazy. you financial stability. But the reason that our clubs have become so unstable is because in order to be able to compete with you guys, and again, like it's pretty much guaranteed that Chelsea and Manchester City are going to be in the in the in the top four. And then almost assuredly, because Manchester United is so big, like yeah, they've dropped out of it a few times, but they they constantly have been able to buy you know, eighty to hundred million yeah. pound players. And
1: that, that's that's not like, and it's not a reflection of Manchester United in their current uh, no status of Solskjaer to say that for for the couple of years before Solskjaer, even with Mourinho, like it wasn't one hundred percent that they were going to get into Champions Champions League. They were they won the Europa League that one season, and they've been in for the most part. But like for years before that, it was it was on and off. And Chelsea have had two seasons where we didn't get in, and I think that probably influenced. Abramovich and, uh, and and Bruce Buck, our chairman, to to pull the trigger on you know, well, I, well, I forget what the term you said was, but Finale- basically securing their
0: investment. That's the oh term yeah, securing used. their investment. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's that's basically what they wanted. They but, wanted, uh, but
1: then but that then brings you to the point of. We shouldn't be viewing financial success as the uh, as the overall uh, metric for success in, in football. And not only that, not only that, not only that. You guys for just a business, I, we're not I, customers. I want to cr-
0: criticize a lot of the fans of teams like Chelsea who have only prioritized winning, and that being the absolute only end goal. Because let's be honest here: like if Chelsea don't win the league or don't win, like. uh it's no, made on, it man. no it's made you're, you're it ever, listen you're ever stepping here no i'm not because it's you you guys have made fun of other teams who h- haven't been able to compete with you because well, they have the, the whole point of competing is to win like right but but you but you tried to say like
1: do <laughs> you know what that is javier that's the Mourinho in us Mourinho instilled that in us and we've been we've been we've had that mindset ever since even like,
0: like like you can be like a couple wolves. of years you can Chelsea be switch like, like a... attacking
1: styles and it's not worked whenever we've switched back to like this defensive 343 like we have now when we did under Conte all of our fans especially the older ones just default into yeah okay fuck playing good football like I'll take a house one nil win over uh, whoever we play like that that's fine by me I don't think that attitude in its essence is is a bad one but like I don't because the fans they're not they're not their motivation for it isn't for the financial gain of the club. I have a a question for you, though. I have a question for you. If you're you're some of these other clubs,
0: if you're some of these other clubs who, like Arsenal, I mean, maybe like Tottenham, you know, even Manchester United, who haven't been anywhere close to Liverpool or Manchester City in the last few years, um, if you're one of these clubs, don't you think that if you look at it like, oh, God, like we're so far away from these clubs, and if they keep spending money, we're never going to be able to catch up to them. Don't you think that could be like what what pushed them to do, want to do something like this? Like do you understand like how like because they just can't keep up? Yeah, but they can't keep up with what? So so, so I, I I I mean I understand it. Yes, that, like So we're never going to win the, the league again seems, because seems like an,
1: it just seems like an oversimplification because the real motivation and the, the the real problem I had with the the whole announcement was that they were abandoning the system. Which let us face it, it, it's not just Chelsea and Liverpool that are stopping Tottenham and Arsenal from being in top four. We've got Leicester, we've got Leicester and West Ham up there. I mean, they're spending money, but that's mostly from like the TV deal, like I said earlier. Uh, you've got clubs in, in mid table like like Aston Villa spending good chunks of uh, money and have you know a really talented squad. Just look at these last couple of games and you know plenty of games before that. Like Chelsea drew Brighton 0 nil, uh, Liverpool. Drew Leeds 1-1 Leeds beat Man City a week a week ago 2-1 we lost to West Brom 5-2 like that stuff happens to every team from the top to the bottom of the Premier League and like throughout the pyramid and that, it makes me feel like the real thing that those those owners wanted to avoid was having to play teams like that that weren't as well funded as even them but could still get results against them and you know threaten their very existence in not only Champions League, but in Europe, in the in the top division as a whole. I mean, it's again theoretical, but it's, it is still possible. They they wanted to eliminate that that risk and just have that revenue just penciled in for the next twenty plus years. And they would be they would be they won the jackpot. Those clubs won. The, like how Tottenham got into it is insane, but they got in because they've got a brand new shiny stadium that, you know, they have a partnership with like NFL about hosting games at that stadium for however many years in the future they've been in champions league enough to build up a squad that has like a worldwide appeal, but you know, like, like, like we were saying before we started recording, like how any, how any like Tottenham or Arsenal fan could look a West Ham or Leicester city fan in the eye and say like, yeah, we deserve to be in this more than you guys do. Like, no, that's ridiculous. The only reason it was clear from the beginning, the only reason was that these teams had more of like a worldwide brand, and frankly, just went against all of the sporting sporting rules that we have. The fifteen richest,
0: fifteen or well, twelve richest teams in the world that essentially wanted to do this. Um, Yeah. Pretty much every single, the only rich clubs that were left out were Borussia Dortmund and uh, Bayern Munich and PSG. So. You know, good on them for saying no, and uh, it seems like the nightmare has sort of ended, but we're still getting a lot of night sweats, and there's still a lot of growing pain, so we're going to have to fix that. Do
1: you want to talk about some
0: real football now? Let's talk about some real football, or in the case of Arsenal, some not real football.
1: Well, we're not going to start with Arsenal because uh, one of the biggest stories of the weekend or uh, the last couple of days that's been kind of swept under the rug... Since the Super League news popped up was uh, Jose Mourinho was fired yesterday, Monday, uh, from his post as head coach at Tottenham. So uh, the the timing is interesting. The Monday before they Jose Mourinho uh, is the uh, only coach their first title, their first trophy since 2008, uh, something like that, or maybe maybe 2011, something more recent than that, uh, because they play Manchester City in the League Cup next weekend. Uh, They they fire him right after like the Super League news was announced. I think I woke up the next morning to seeing Mourinho was out, and all signs kind of point to Levy and the Tottenham board wanting Mourinho out, but wanting to get him out before he had the chance to win that trophy and sway a few more fans, you know, in his favor. And it kind of reads to me like they were planning to do it at the end of the season. They just didn't. They like they just wanted to find the sweet spot between end of the season and you know before this big cup uh final and when they got the news of the super league uh being announced they then levy was probably like great perfect time under like just sweep it under the rug exactly like has happened i don't blame him for it but uh it, it, it it's a strange move if you're a fan of a football. i don't know why you would and, fi- why uh, you would fire him right you're, you're before a final them,
0: yeah i just don't I get mean, that you're pretty much giving yourself it, that no should chance be that should be finding. a problem
1: to Tottenham fans yeah. that uh, that the only way this reads optically is they uh, they don't want to have a, a problem when they fire him at the end of also, the season. Also, he could
0: still make top four. He's five points out of it. Like I, 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 it just seems like a there must have been some big disagreement, maybe about the Super League, maybe I about really the future so. of the club. I mean, if,
1: it, you, if you've watched them at any point over the last three months, like you've not been impressed. Like maybe a couple games against the the bottom side. They, they won on that or five
0: or six game winning streak just recently. Like they they haven't completely fallen off the, the face of the planet. Like like Harry Kane is is the top goal scorer and the top assister in the league right now. Maybe he's the one who's, you know, really carrying this team and it's not Jose Mourinho. But you got but Harry Kane's been backing Mourinho till the end, and you gotta think that I don't think this is gonna be a good move for Tottenham. I think this is gonna be something that is gonna spiral them out of any chance that they had of top four and of this trophy you know their first trophy since 2008 and i don't know if you could even count it as a trophy but for them it definitely would have been so i mean uh, yeah the
1: last trophy they won was the equivalent to the carabao cup so that's a trophy to them
0: they had a pretty good game with everton though two two Kane and sigerson I mean, went head to head that they, was a fun game they were they were they were shit everton were pretty good <laughs> though everton should have won
1: um but yeah, they, they had that 2-2 with Everton. The, both teams probably need, needed to win that one to give themselves like a, a good chance of getting back into the top four conversation. Uh, but they drew it, which I was happy to see. Uh, it's interesting how good Everton can look at times, even without Calvert-Lewin. I, I've started noticing that the when he had that bigger injury. He came back and played like pretty well a couple times, but then he got re-injured again and was missing for the Tottenham game. And they just stuck uh, Richarlison up top. They had James Rodriguez uh, just feeding balls uh, through to him and playing nice little link up uh, with uh, Sigurdsson, who obviously scored both the goals. Um, and yeah, they overall looked better than Tottenham. Uh, it was it was a nice Friday evening game. I think I predicted that to be 2-2 as well. So I was happy to get get that one right on the head. But uh, the, the biggest game of the weekend. Oh, shit. And you predicted the, the next game too. Yeah, Newcastle beat West Ham three two Saturday morning at seven thirty. You said to be, they, you uh, said to be like cautious on, on predicting West win. Ham.
0: Yeah, you said cautious, be cautious about it. And yeah, I, I, I mean, thought,
1: Newcastle had had enough good results, like draws against Tottenham, and uh, I forget the i they they beat Burnley the the week before, but uh, yeah, they'd had enough. Decent they also beat performances Fulham. They yeah, were, they
0: beat Fulham, Burnley, and then yeah, they got the draw. So I mean, they they've been gotten seven points in their last three games, and. They've completely, pretty much secured their safety at this point um, with that last win. And Joe Willock coming off the bench. I mean, you thought West Ham had a red card in the first half. Um, and well, it was, a, it was a second
1: yellow card that they gave on a challenge that Craig Dawson made during a counterattack that uh, Newcastle were, uh, were in the middle of. He just came in, like, just took... I forget who he took out. It might have been... Uh, Joe Ellington, but he just took him out at yeah, midfield. Yeah, it was Joe like, yeah. Completely cynic- cynical. The rest of the counterattack went on. San Maximum scored or someone scored and went up 2-0. And to add insult to injury, the referee came back and gave the second yellow card for that challenge. So they went down a man and down 2-0. Still had the, 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 the fight to get back into it and make it 2-2. But uh, Newcastle kind of surprised And they honestly,
0: they looked like they were going to get, gonna that get that the winner goal. too. West Ham were like sieging on them with ten men. Um, but then Joe Willock, God, comes on. Joe Willock, <laughs> super sub, God, two goals in the last two games for Newcastle fans. Both of a them goal were against winners. West
1: Ham and against uh, well, one of them was an equalizer. An equalizer against Tottenham, against
0: Tottenham and then a winner against West Ham. On. Both in London derbies. Or like for Arsenal, like, for it would have been you know for like, as an Arsenal like, player.
1: They were both from like like late runs into the box where like the defender kind of has time to pick him up, but doesn't have time to like just get into position and stop him from finishing. Uh, I think that's his best trait at this point. Either that or his uh, his dribbling and like uh, like quickness on the counter attack. He's a really ex- like exciting player that I think we saw kind of flashes of uh, the the two seasons ago during your Europa League run. Uh, Under Emery, but maybe he's ready to come back to Arsenal and, you know, be a part of that team. If you don't end up making signings like Ceballos and Odegaard, like permanent, he could be like a nice developmental option alongside Smith, uh, Smith Rowe. Uh, but may- maybe loan him out to a Premier League team again. Yeah, if Newcastle I wouldn't mind stay up, lo- loaning him, him out there. Yeah, and... I wouldn't
0: mind loaning him to Newcastle another year. See if he can he can consistently play in their team because right now he's still not fully starting in their team. He started a few games for them, but mostly he's been coming off the bench. Um, but you know, good on him because I'm sure you know getting goals like this has forced a start for him. I'm sure in the next game. So speaking so of Arsenal, well, we got to mention West
1: Ham's role in this. They they lost three two. They were in uh, fourth place. They are now in fifth place Jesse Lingard did Chelsea come off draw. like
0: he limped off. Apparently, it was just like cramp. But that's something to, to watch as well. We don't know if Jesse Lingard is going to be fully fit for this next game. He has been playing a lot of minutes in a row, which for a player who didn't play for about a year and a half, to suddenly yeah, be playing he, every single week. There's no. There's no Europe. Like, no, I know there's no Europe, but it, but still, like if a, if like he was fresh coming off these these last few months, but like I don't know if the coming into the end of the season, he's going to be able to keep up his form. Like I know he scored a penalty in this, but you know I'm I'm not so sure that I, I mean he keeps scoring, which is crazy. And, and he was he was playing well. It's not like he was playing badly outside of the penalty. Uh,
1: I'm just I'm I'm just saying West Ham have now fallen outside of the the, the top four. It's not as bad as it it could have been because Chelsea. You probably would have thought Chelsea would beat Brighton today, but yeah, they ended they're still up level drawing. on on points with Chelsea. So yeah, and we're ahead on goal difference, and that that makes this game coming up next weekend with uh, Chelsea and West Ham on on Saturday. Just, I mean, it was huge before, but it's annoying how big this game is in uh, late April of uh, of a season to be fighting with West Ham for top four is uh, not what you want as a Chelsea fan, and yeah, it's it's a big one, but.
0: I mean, and even if you Do win you it, it, like it, it doesn't really guarantee anything. I mean, Liverpool.
1: Well, no, it doesn't guarantee it, but you puts you puts so a either team in pole position to finish top four, which sure. is you know, you don't want to be looking at other teams' results and hoping that they drop points week to week. You want to have your destiny in your own hands. And once you get to that point, you want to maintain it, obviously, for as long as possible until you lock it up. So. It, it's big. There's only six games left in the season. We're, we're really coming down to it. Uh, well, other games you should probably mention the Arsenal Fulham game on Sunday. You Not guys much were to down, talk about
0: there. I mean, you we guys just, were down
1: one nil, got equalizer. We well, I mean, it's yeah, relevant had, for the for the relegation. Sure,
0: we had we had three point five. We had three point five expected goals. They had no shots on target other than their penalty. So it was a game that we should have won three or four nil like we did earlier in the season, and instead. We missed a bunch of chances. Their goalie made a bunch of saves and we ended up drawing with a last minute equalizer. You know, it wasn't uh, glamorous from us, but we got through in Europa League in midweek in in, in very good fashion, going, you know, winning 4 0 last Thursday, which really was all that we needed to, to put us in, into, you know, people were saying we were going to lose that game or struggle against Slavia Prague. We beat them emphatically. Um, and then Lacazette limped off injured. Apparently, he did his hamstring, so he's going to be out for a few weeks, which, which kind of really sucks for us. Thankfully, and then and, and Aubameyang has malaria. Um, thankfully, we do have Nketiah, who's a decent third string striker, and Gabriel Martinelli maybe can get some time yeah, in that say, role.
1: What about Martinelli? Would yeah. you prefer to see him start I, over? I,
0: I would. I would. I'd prefer to see a Martinelli, Pepe, Saka front three. That would be. I think that'd be pretty get, fun and dynamic some, with I Odegaard behind them. vibes.
1: I guess some similar vibes from Inquetta that I get from Tammy Abraham, where he's a useful player to have, um, and, he, and he. But he's not the best in build-up. Yeah, he has that poacher's instinct, but again, he, yeah, he's not the best in build-up. But for goals like that against Fulham, uh, that equalizer, just uh, another comparison to Tammy Abraham, it just reminded me of Abraham's equalizer against West Brom, where they just put themselves in the right position at the back post to be there if something filtered out to them. Um, I, I didn't get all of the. All of the outcry about, uh, I think it was Rob Holding or someone standing offside for the equalizer. Like Scott Parker oh, was going no. crazy about Scott Parker about it.
0: was going crazy thinking that he was offside, but he he didn't go for the ball whatsoever. He wasn't in the, he wasn't in he the, wasn't in the play. Like no range Fly of vision. Of vision and, no. Yeah, and we had two That's goals. Two goals chalked off for offside. One, which was like. I mean, it was like a half a centimeter offside. You could see that it was a tiny bit offside, but there was absolutely no advantage to the attacker. And those types of calls, we've seen them all season. And everyone's saying, like, that they've, they, they, that's not what the rule is for, the offside rule. The offside rule is, you know, if, if it's like, it, it wasn't called off in the game and then Var called it off, you know? And, and when that happens and it's such a tight, tight, tiny decision where, like, if the frame was a second earlier or a second later, then it could have just been onside it, it it just feels like really hard done by by that and i think chelsea also experienced that against manchester city over the weekend i mean you guys got a big win over over them um in the fa cup but there was a goal that was super super close from offside that like it just it, to me it's not in the spirit of the game i well, wish we were, that they we
1: were already we were already up 1-0 and i think that was like the last couple of minutes that Pulisic yeah. scored the goal to yeah make it but 2-0 i wish and then i then they wish... called it back
0: that um we did something similar to what the Dutch do, which is like they have much, much bigger lines that they use for VAR, um, to to determine like, you know, if you're within that line, then you're not offside. So th- instead of like these tiny minuscule yellow lines, they have a little bit like bigger ones that they use to 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 give a little bit more of a benefit of the doubt to the to the attacking right. player and allow more goals to go through, which I just I think it's just better for football and more exciting. So I wish that they changed that. Heard-
1: we get plenty of goals as is, but yeah, I mean, who doesn't like more goals? Uh, you mentioned that uh, Chelsea win over Manchester City in the FA Cup semifinal. Uh, they beat them 1-0 on Saturday. Hakim Ziyech scored in the uh, second half, I think the 56th minute. Uh, then the next day, Leicester City secured their place in the final, beating Southampton 1-0. Uh, weirdly, Ian Akshow also scored in the 56th minute. So both games ended 1-0, and both teams scored in the 56th I, minute.
0: nacho 10 goals in the last 10 games. Just a man on... Dude's on, on fire. A man on fire, and he's leading this Leicester City side right now, who I think without him in the team, I would think that they're not going to make top four for sure, like if they still had this entire team with just Vardy and, and Madison leading the line. But... I think they could still make top 4 with the if he continues this form um which there were glimpses of this at Manchester City when he was at Manchester City where we saw a player with with insane speed amazing talent and a really off real eye for goal we haven't seen it at Leicester City you know it's been a couple of years now of him just coming off the bench and not really looking very good and I think it's because of I don't that, know if that mindset real. that
1: I had about him. Remember a couple of weeks ago, before Ian Akso went on this amazing run, I was saying with the Barnes and Madison injuries, that that's really going to affect how Lester create chances. Because, uh, and again, I was I was wrong about this, but I was saying uh, Vardy and Ian Akso can't play together. And that, I think that's been like a widely held opinion of those two players, like they're best off just leading the line by themselves and, you know, sucking up all the chances and, you know, being involved with buildup just by themselves. But it's been a stroke of genius by those two players specifically. Like Vardy hasn't been scoring a lot, but he's still playing well. You can't criticize him for how he's contributed and like some of the the balls he's played to the back post for Iheanakshu to get on the end of. He, he's been absolutely amazing. So give those two players credit for disproving that very incorrect theory that I and many others had, and give a lot of credit to Brendan Rodgers for basically thinking outside the box and thinking I've got two talented goal scorers who are both like pretty mobile. I've got very good wing backs. I can play a three five two and just uh, you know. uh,
0: I I think that they're probably the second best. The second best, like three at the back. I really like that like Soyonochu, um Fofana and Evans back 3 and then having P- Pereira and uh Castagna as your wingbacks. Like I think that's pretty filthy um yeah, you know it's and and, well and both Castagna and Pereira I think work a lot better in a 3 at the back than in, in a, back, a traditional back 4. So I think he's getting the most out of his wing backs again and getting the most out of his strikers. Um, and then the, the 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 midfield pairing of Tielemans and and N'Didi is 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 you know up there with with it, uh, uh, the other top teams in the league, you know. They're both still relatively young and and you know they both work hard, play well defensively and and can occasionally chip in with goals. So I think it's Leicester City side of a really good basis for for Going forward and and for competing in the future, um, and if they make top four this year, it'd be a huge huge credit to them in a year where so many teams have been kind of in and out of it. But like even during certain points of the season, I mean, we even were thinking like Villa would be up here. Leeds have been, Everton, Tottenham, Liverpool, Arsenal. Everyone's been competing in that area for Leicester for Leicester City to maintain that this year would be I think huge for them. When we've we've all been doubting them for a while now. We've all been saying they're oh, they're probably going to fall out and it's probably just going to be boring again with Chelsea and Liverpool getting top 4, which I sure fucking hope that doesn't happen. I I sure fucking hope gonna, Chelsea and Liverpool by, don't get top I'm 4. I'm going to stand by that. Let's go Leicester and West Ham for happen. top 4. You know? Leicester and West Javier, Ham for top Javier, four.
1: If we if we had had the Super League, we couldn't we couldn't have you know you shit housing and trolling me with these kinds of things like this this we, we, we couldn't be having this discussion if the Super League. Yes, existed.
0: but everyone's cheering for West Ham and Leicester. Nobody wants your our fucking di- our discussions dirty, discussions be, disgusting gonna, clubs. Who's going to gonna be in win Arsenal, four?
1: Chelsea this weekend and not be the bottom team in their Euro- European Super League group? <laughs> that would be our discussion. We'd be like, all right, we're going to beat you guys and not be bottom for once, and you're going to be like, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, credit credit to Leicester. Uh, question: If they don't get top four, but they beat us in the FA Cup final, is that a good season?
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I yes, think I think they'd I agree. Be, I think they'd be disappointed that being in the pole position for being in you know the last two seasons now for making top right. four to collapse that, that would be a
1: repeat of last year. So it'd be it'd be, but it would, but be it a, would a still be a, it
0: would still be an improvement over you know getting a trophy, which is something that Tottenham haven't been able to do. You know, so they haven't won the FA Cup in the Premier League era. So if they were to win the FA Cup, I think it would be a very big thing for them. And no doubt they're still going to, you know, get either fifth or sixth if that happens. So yeah, I think, I think it'll still be a good season for them.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, Again, and, they and, won that and, Premier and League City, title in 2016. Leicester City like, not a
0: team that like I look at them like right, they don't and I'm win like, trophies. Yeah, and, they don't and win I, that many trophies. No, and not only that, I don't I don't look at them and think okay, if they go to the Champions League, they're probably going to get out of their group and then go on to do something in the knockout rounds. I feel like they would just die in their in in the groups. So I feel like they're still not quite a Champions League level team. I think they do they do they they need to start being able to progress far in europa and get to a they semifinal could, could or maybe final get in europa out of a champions
1: league group like if they got a champions league yeah, group yeah but they don't like belong there the last they two don't. Seasons.
0: like let's be honest and and that's the thing it's like when you no come on don't they say don't. that they don't belong there they okay, don't, so have, they don't have they don't have they don't have the team the same to be with there West Ham? i don't, you don't yeah, think yeah i don't think, think, like think we, invest money no. and like get more i don't think that those teams no i don't think those teams belong there no
1: i think that they'd get they'd get the rest you just said you wanted them to get in next year
0: i do but i don't think that they would do well i don't think that they would like go out through the knockout rounds or into the you know
1: oh no no i'm not saying that i'm saying i think they could depending on the group they get especially they could get out should we should we talk about like this new last time.
0: this new bullshit format that they uh if you, save that you're for more familiar pod. with
1: it than I am, if you're you're more familiar with it than I am, then go ahead. I, I know that they're UEFA announced on Monday, and I think that was one of the catalysts to uh, the rest of those uh, 12 clubs. I think it's going to be the Super two two, the day before. two groups
0: of 16, and then like yeah, top they eight. They're,
1: they're expanding the Champions League from 32 teams to 36 teams. There's more group games over a longer period of time, and then
0: they were reforming... Uh, a, like okay, okay, yeah, so it's so it's two groups of 18. Pl- T- they guarantee, they guarantee um, a home and away fixture, 10 games in the group stages. So you're going to play, and each one is going to be against a different team. So you're going to play each team once, and it's going to be 10 different games. I don't know exactly how they're going to do it, but it's going to be a lot more games, and the top, eight, uh, uh, I think, eight teams are going to go through... Uh, initially, and then so a
1: bigger a bigger version of the Super League.
0: Yeah, exactly. And then there's going to be like a round robin between the teams that finish like like in the in in the bottom, like I think six through 8 Or like the top six are going to go through, and then they're going to do a round robin knockout to like get. So essentially, just an even longer tournament with a lot more games. And but I outside think outside of just, the
1: formatting, but outside of the formatting for it, which again, you know, isn't isn't great because it it just means more games in a, in a season that's already too busy. Uh, for for most top European club teams, outside of that, they also announced. You know, I think the 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 quote concessions that they were making to the the the, the elite of European football was that there were going to be one or two places for. Uh, teams based off like, coefficient, like the like the number one rated team on coefficient. Yeah,
0: and, the, the, and that the number two. Thirty percent of they the money would be
1: guaranteed a place the next season. Thirty percent of the money. Of the money, would money go to
0: them. Yeah, thirty percent yeah, of the money would go to historic teams who have done well in the competition. Which again, it just seems like a, an absurd idea to be giving not based on merit or like who wins during that I year.
1: Mean, when you say that, all, all all you should read is read Real Madrid, Bayern Munich. Yeah. You know, the, the the rich Barcelona, teams are just going to get richer. Liverpool, Manchester United. Uh, yeah, it's probably based off how many times you've won the trophy. So, um, yeah, absolutely insane. Uh, but, I mean, it looks like it's happening now. Now that all these teams are back in, but maybe uh, they've just pocketed the Super League so that they can bring it out at later negotiations and be like, hey, we still have this backing from uh, J.P. Morgan. We can still do this. So, who knows? It, it, after after everything got flipped on its head and then got flipped back over in the span of two days, you, you can't really look ahead too many years now and and think of anything is going to be one hundred percent happening. Uh, so
0: lot, let's hit on a couple. Yeah, last let's couple on like games. Two
1: previews. Well, no,
0: I was well, going like to say the last pre- couple of games. Let's just mention are that Liverpool and Chelsea did drop points to. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I
1: mentioned those Leeds, earlier.
0: Leeds Yeah, Leeds deserve to win that game against Liverpool. Frankly, I mean, they had like a good ten shots on target in the second half and. Allison made a shitload of saves Which, by the way, Allison, you look a lot better without the mustache You don't look like a pedophile anymore (laughs) So I don't think it was the greatest Greatest mustache to ever You know, Andrews praised him as the greatest mustache No, it was a pedophile (laughs) My dad, when we
1: were watching the Arsenal-Liverpool game A few weeks ago uh, He just went, Jesus Christ, I thought David Seaman Was in Liverpool's goal (laughs) Like, I think, it just flashed to Allison real quick. Seaman had
0: a much better uh, mustache. Like,
1: you need that from your goalkeeper. You need a little bit of crazy. Like, you need you need him to do like crazy shit like
0: that. And then, uh, and then, and you know what? I think I think Keppa heard me, or maybe Tuchel heard me. uh, All that screaming about you know him being your backup goalkeeper, and you spent seventy million on him. Then you guys were like, you know what? You're right, Javier we fuck, Eduard Mendy. He's 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 not worth as much as Keppa. We're gonna recover our investment. We're gonna put Keppa in goal and uh, seventy million. If we sell him, it's gonna have to be for at least thirty or forty. I, so listen, let's let's start I, I, playing him again.
1: I'm the first one to release a tweet as soon as the Chelsea lineup came out on uh, Saturday against Manchester City, saying like Keppa is starting. Why can't we have nice things? I'll be the first one to say in that game and in this Brighton game. I think largely through just good defending on on our part. Uh, I mean I have nothing I've nothing bad to say about Kepa from those two games. Obviously I'm still sheets, far more Two clean sheets one against
0: Manchester City so I'm, I'm yeah, far more terrible. like
1: secure in the idea of having Mendy starting for you know the big games for this run in that are about to come. We're about to have West Ham, Real Madrid right after that. I'm sure Mendy will be back in goal for those. Uh, but you know to get Kepa two starts and it seems pretty clear that keppa's being being given the entire fa cup to to start and you know rebuild unless the, unless Tuchel's the a savage and like
0: unless Tusha's a savage nah. and because of the 5-2 he's just like you know what edward i'm going to drop you like <laughs> and he conceded the goal against porto so he's like you know what that's two clean two no clean sheets in a row you've okay, conceded six in two games that, you're on the that's bench that's just ridiculous <laughs> i don't know maybe Tusha's a savage but yeah Dude, let's hit some he, let's hit some previews I can't. No, I'm sorry. I can't let you just have that on Mendy. All of those goals, he literally
1: could have done nothing about.
0: Yeah, I (laughs) know. I'm just it's a Remy
1: bicycle kick. Like, what the hell could he have done about that? (laughs) Maybe Tushil doesn't think so. Who knows? What are you talking? Like, no. (laughs) Like, stop shit housing. (laughs) I mean, I'm glad we can still shit house and that this shit actually matters again, but. You need to stop this, man. That's completely ridiculous. Mendy's the starting goalkeeper. Kepa is just, you know, giving the chance to recoup the the money that we've uh, essentially lost on that investment, which we will lose money regardless on that on that for sure. Um, but yeah, looking ahead to this weekend, Arsenal and Everton is probably the the game that jumps off the screen for you. Even though uh, between now and then, Tottenham, Southampton will play on Wednesday. Aston Villa and Man City also. Uh, Leicester will play West Brom, uh, probably a win for them in that game, in their bid to get into the top four, uh, and then that Everton Arsenal game Friday 3 p.m. Everton much more in the hunt for top four and European places than you guys, but I'm sure you'll be looking to win to try and get back into the Europa League uh, uh, places like conversation.
0: Yeah, and we want to we want to stay on form for Europa League that's on Thursday, but then again. If we hey, lose a, this game, you have a
1: week between those games.
0: If we lose this game, will we? Oh uh, yeah, almost a week. Yeah. If we Friday lose this Thursday, game, yeah. though, I'm I'm not gonna be. You know, I I'm, I do I'm done with the league at this point. I don't I don't give a shit. Um, at this point, our only avenue for for getting the revenues that Stan Kroenke so desperately seems to want is to you know get into the Champions League next season. So, we really need to. Uh, get our shit together and beat VRL and stay healthy for
1: that. No, the thing he really seems to want is uh, not having to earn it. So Yeah, not having to earn battle it. battle against that has uh, not gone well. But yeah, you guys still have the chance to earn it. It's the beautiful thing about this. You can have a completely shit season and turn it around and win a cup competition and your your season's all of a sudden not the worst ever. Uh, you worried about the matchups at all? I, I would say you should be, probably be worried about... What I mentioned before, I, I, how much Rodriguez like and see
0: Yeah, I could see it being a fun game. I mean, I really could see us losing just because we're we're kind of thin right now up front. I don't know how if Aubameyang plays, how fit he's going to be. I mean, he's just he hasn't been training. He's he's been sick, so he got really really sick with malaria. So, uh, him Lacazette's going to be out for a few weeks. Um, you know, Tierney doesn't look like he's going to be back any anytime soon. It's it's a lot on Saka and Emil Smith Rowe again. Who, for a team like Arsenal. You know, to be putting all of our eggs into two teenagers who are from our academy, and like that's who we rely on week in and week out in every single game. It's a pretty sad place to be right now, but at the same time, I'm glad that there's someone there doing it. You know, I'm glad that there's just it's not it's not like we we don't show up in these games because we have players like that. Nico Pepe's been better these last few weeks. You know, I'm sure William will play against Everton, so maybe maybe he'll have a decent game. Who knows? But I'm gonna say two-two. Two. I'm gonna say two-two.
1: I'll say two on Everton.
0: I could see that too.
1: Liverpool and Newcastle Saturday at 7:30 a.m. All of a sudden, seems like an interesting game uh, after a couple of poor performances and results from uh, Liverpool and a couple of positive ones from Newcastle. Uh, they they could turn around and just be absolute dog shit because they seem pretty pretty safe. I think Fulham would have to get seven points from their last six games just to go level with uh with, with Newcastle so they're still in a relegation fight but it's kind of hard to get a read on whether uh, they're going to show up I, for this I one think or not, even like a point Enfield.
0: I think a point almost secures their safety you know 36 points 37 yeah. I, I don't see Fulham getting 10 points from their last five games you know so I think if they can if they can get a any type of result here that would secure safety i think they're still going to try really hard in this game they're not just going to let liverpool you know tramp all over them people were trying to say you know now that liverpool are going to like focus on the league there's got to be a reaction here i mean who knows how the super league and all this stuff affected them so let's see how they go play against newcastle if they go blow out newcastle three or four nil then i'll be like yeah maybe they are gonna you know finish the season strong so i really need to see that reaction from liverpool in this week in this game this weekend and for them to refocus on the league but I'm gonna say I think they I think they do it. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say two one because Newcastle have been playing really well offensively. On the counter. Yeah. They've been playing really well offensively. Joe Ellington has, has found not necessarily his goal scoring boots, but you know, he's he's creating chances for them and they're getting chipping in goals from their defenders and their midfielders. So
1: Well, the the, the real star is San Maximen, who's come back and, you know, absolutely rinsed Burnley a couple of weeks ago to get them the two one win. Came on and I think scored and assisted within five minutes of being on. And then was a huge part of that West Ham win. He's the one who's uh, really been the really They got to keep him healthy. Yeah, they got to keep him yeah, healthy at all costs. Uh, but the, the the real big game of the weekend, I hate to say, is uh, West Ham Chelsea Saturday twelve thirty p.m. Uh, West Ham, like Come I said, on, now outside West of the top Ham. four. Come on, West Ham! Come on, West Ham! They're uh, they're going to be missing Declan Rice, who usually one of the players. I have a who feeling Chelsea are going to win this.
0: I'm just going to come out like outright and say that. I'm just yeah, like I think so too. Like West Ham are I too depleted so. right now. Like, like I was I've been saying I was saying it on the last pod. I, I I thought they were you know with these injuries that they got to Cresswell to Rice to Antonio to you know Lingard even getting cramped up in the last game. Like I I just I don't know where the energy where the depth comes from. Um, I know that they have some decent. You know, okay, options off the bench, but
1: they it, they have beaten us each of I think the last two years uh, at West Ham, and including last year when there there weren't any fans, uh, they beat us three two, like right at the end. It was a absolutely insane game. So it, it has potential for
0: fireworks. But yeah, I'm going to say two one Chelsea. And, yeah, I'm going to say three one. I don't know. You guys haven't been scoring three goals very often, men.
1: I know. But everyone scores two or three goals against West Ham. Come on, Javier. It's true. They lost three two last week. So I won said two. 3-2 the week Think before. You'll score two, but, but you conceded guys... conceded three to you Chelsea guys. Chelsea have been struggling. Gonna, Chelsea have been
0: struggling three. to score goals under Tuchel. Like defensively, you guys have been fantastic, but you haven't been like banging in goals. You guys have been winning one nil and 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 two nil. I, I, but... I would
1: phrase that. I would phrase that differently. I would phrase that we've been great defensively because we've been scoring fewer goals and we're scoring fewer goals because we're great defensively. We're, we're we're not taking as many risks, and when we do, we usually t- try to take those risks against teams like Crystal Palace, and it worked out against Crystal Palace with the the like early barrage of goals, but we saw in that Brighton game today, uh, you switch too many things up and rotate a little bit too much, it starts to shake the confidence of those players on the ball a little bit because there was no Aspilicueta. Mason Mount got dropped into the midfield too, uh, because Kovacic is injured and Ingolo. I don't. I think they didn't, he didn't want to overwork Ingolo Kante and get him re-injured. So it was a Jorginho-Mount midfield uh, for the Brighton game today with Havertz, Pulisic, and Ziyech up top. And it looked okay in possession, but we just didn't create a bunch of chances. So we, we kind of missed Mason Mount like running those channels and kind of triggering the press more. Um, so getting him back up into that front three position, I, I think that'll... That'll make things return to normal, and hopefully Kovacic is back for this weekend, uh, so we can hopefully play like a Kovacic Conte midfield.
0: I I think you guys are going to win. I it's just if this was a full strength West Ham side, two one is more reasonable. If if I was thinking this was a full full strength West Ham side, then I might even pick West Ham to win. But with all the injuries they have, and with the you know them losing to Newcastle last week, and kind of like confirming what I thought that they weren't going to be quite as good. They still have that spirit in them, but. I just I don't see them continuing this, Um, and I think you know if they finish even fifth or sixth, it would be a a a good result for them. For for, I would love to see West Ham in Europa League. Yeah, I think that would be fun. I think that's a team that's a a good level for them. Yeah, right now it is until that they can they can they can show that they can compete at that level for a few years. I I see them being like a Villarreal who are constantly in the Europa League, Um, even like Sevilla who I know they make it to the Champions League, but like they're really a Europa team. Like it's worth mentioning this. Just because United fans would kill me if I didn't. There's an eight point West Ham United between, or Manchester United? Uh, Manchester United. I'm sorry. Manchester oh, United mo- fans... Mo-
1: we're moving on. We're you're, moving you're trying on. You're reopen. You're reopening the title race. I'm going to reopen. I, I not warned you about this race. before we started recording. Not Javier. the title
0: race, but I'm just That's going to That's what
1: you're doing, say,
0: Javier. Okay. Yeah, okay. It's not going to happen. You're right. Manchester United, maximum 82 points, and City are going to finish with more than 82 points. So, it's not possible. Even if United win out. Which they're not. They're probably going to drop points against Leeds. So you know what? I'm just kidding, Alex. I'm not going to say it. Yeah, I'm. I'm I mean, I take it it back.
1: It could either sound genius or dumb by by, you know, tomorrow or I guess Wednesday at three p.m. five p.m. when that Aston Villa Man City game. But if
0: somehow Villa, okay, I'll say this. If somehow Villa, who have surprises this season against some big top sides before, they haven't been been, they haven't been great of late. Yeah, they haven't been great of late. But if somehow Aston Villa pull out a result here like a draw or something and United put the gap to 6 points, then it might be sweaty hands for Manchester City. That's all I'll say. Yeah. I mean, mainly because uh
1: Manchester City are going to play Tottenham in the Carabao Cup final and they've, they've got this two weekend. two
0: legs with PSG after that, so Right. Which so that's going to be got their got priority. Of,
1: they've got plenty of distractions, but I I'm still not ready to entertain it yet. I mean, United have gone on a five-game Premier League winning streak. They they still have uh, Roma, I think, to contend with in the uh, Europa League semifinals. They'll they'll have to they'll have to put effort into that. That's not. I mean, they should win it. I'm not saying they, they won't win it. They already beat AC Milan, is, is who are much better Italian. We'll
0: we'll preview that on another pod. But Henrik yeah, saying God.
1: like you, you know, United are still you know seeking that Europa League title. That's going to be very important to them as their only. like opportunity for silverware this season Um, i think city are gonna be i'm still keeping the title the title race closed city will wrap it up eventually i think they need three more wins they'll get there it'll be fine um just to mention a couple more games before we dive into that or talk about whatever we can if that carabao cup final Uh, sheffield united brightons will happen saturday at 3 p.m uh Wolves-Burnley. Oh, I should mention Sheffield United were officially relegated last weekend with their 1-0 loss to uh, Wolves and Newcastle's 3-2 win over West Ham. So uh, they're back down, confirming what we pretty much already do. Wolves will play Burnley Sunday at 7 a.m. Leeds United and Man United will take place Sunday at 9 a.m. That's a pretty big one for United. Oh, to question for you, that, Alex. That question.
0: Is there any chance that this West Brom side, who have two games in hand right now, Actually, one game in hand, but they would be up to twenty-seven points if they were to. They've won their last two games. Is there any chance that this West Brom side right now, who has now scored eight goals in their last two games and looks to be a resurgent team, they play this weekend against Villa? If they get a win against Villa, like, do you think maybe they they could make a crazy? Well, first you got to
1: look escape? at that Leicester game on Thursday. Yeah, they, they win
0: that. I'm. Yeah, if they win that I, then I'm we're willing in. to
1: hear about I'm yeah. willing to hear from West Brom about late pushes because we've seen them do late pushes like the last time they got relegated under I think Darren Moore they had a late push that no one really took seriously because they left it too late but on the last day I think they were still it was still a very small possibility of them staying up um and to even get it to that point was impressive so it, yeah, you can never say never but again, they've got to be Leicester on Thursday they've got to probably beat or draw Aston Villa probably they probably got to just win out pretty much or again as close to winning out as possible which I just can't I can't say for West Brom at the moment I, I can't do it yeah as well as they're playing I don't think I so either can't. but
0: it's a couple things worth mentioning outside scenarios that could possibly happen and I yeah. think Manchester so City pretty easily beat Tottenham in this Carabao Cup final no Harry Kane most likely and if uh, he is I wouldn't he's not be gonna surprised. be fully fit i
1: wouldn't be surprised if he missed that southampton game tomorrow and then does play uh, the final. played injured against manchester city but i don't think we mentioned yet that tottenham made ryan mason their former academy uh player who uh whose career was ended by a knee to the head i think from or a head collision with gary cahill i remember that game it was a horrific uh injury uh ended his playing career cut short i think he's our age 29 um and he's wow. been managing their second their development team for two or three years now they've made him the interim or caretaker coach until the end of the season uh, it doesn't look like they're going out to try and hire anyone else they're just gonna try and hire someone uh, in the summer i, I mean that, that's a bad thing right they should they should have Made. Uh, I don't understand like how you fire assistant Marino. head yeah. coach or something. Or like you know, second I don't know.
0: They what should the have done something doing.
1: else. I don't. I don't know if you make any development team coach the head coach when you're still in a top four race. You have a chance at a trophy against the top side. Like, what is Ryan Mason doing to prepare Tottenham for Manchester City this weekend? Like, I. I don't know. I, I, he. He must be shitting himself, or maybe he's excited. I don't know. He, he's got no expectations. I'll give him that. So maybe he pulls something out of his ass in that way, but. I, I really I really doubt it yeah, to because to, to defend instant, against City, instant
0: Tottenham legend if he wins the uh, absolutely the, the I Cameron think he's already Cup. an
1: instant Tottenham legend for managing Tottenham uh, at 29 after playing for them I think until he was 24 25 but it didn't it didn't happen that long ago it was like 2016 or 2015 or something that that happened so he's already hit the jackpot he's managing Tottenham in whatever capacity that may be but. Like I was saying, to defend effectively against Manchester City, I think you have to look at the way Leeds uh, defended but by not you know, just sitting deep in their own half and letting City come onto them. You have to start pressing them uh, like either in their own half or as soon as they cross midfield. And I haven't seen enough of that from Tottenham uh, of late. They were doing it better in the first half of the season, but that's obviously all gone to shit and Mourinho isn't there anymore. So I'm going to say like 3-0 Manchester City. What would you predict?
0: Uh, I think I think Tottenham are good enough to get a goal. I'll say uh, I'll say two one. Okay. Maybe three one.
1: Are you are you gonna watch that?
0: Yeah, uh, I, I don't know if it's will. like is it will. is it on ESPN? I don't know. If it's not, then it'll no. Be, yeah, it'll be. On I'm ESPN not gonna watch like, if it's an illegal stream that I have to pull up. Then no, that's too much <laughs> effort. <laughs>
1: We should only be doing illegal streams for uh, these top six clubs when they play exactly. each other from now on. Exactly. Like, no, like cancel your your cancel Python, your subscription. Uh, no more money for you guys.
0: Fuck you guys. Yeah, but then
1: again, I'm torn about that because, like, the other teams in the Premier League, I want them to get. You know, I want get them oh, to get their money. Oh, like,
0: the Chelsea fan wants the other teams in the league to. Yeah, shut up, Alex. You, you you would much what rather been saying
1: for two hours, of, we've recorded two hours of
0: podcasts in the last you, three days. Out you of the would year. much rather I've been saying go that I would rather be relegated. In, no. I would rather be no, relegated to that's the second bullshit. division. You would rather poach their Ngolo Contes and Danny Drinkwaters and take them to your Premier Danny League. Danny Drinkwaters.
1: That's the name <laughs> you're going to use, second. <laughs>
0: Took Leicester's title-winning players and and then won the title hey, with hey, them. You hey, piece hey, of it, shit. Look,
1: why aren't you saying that's a city as well? They took, took uh, N'Golo Mar- and...
0: Conte, the best player in the fucking world, and you were like, "Give him to me." You took our yep. beautiful N'Golo, you motherfucker. A, uh, this is why I will always hate Chelsea as Football as well. Club.
1: Well, uh, I'd say that wraps it up. I'm, I'm all I'm all tuckered out. Yeah, uh, it's, Javier, it's been a thank lot. Thank for on. Thank you for jumping on with me at this late hour to uh, discuss. All this shit, I don't even want to run through it again. <laughs> it's been a hectic two days. Um, appreciate you for uh, talking with me about it. You can follow us on social media, at Ghost Goal Pod, at JavierRev9 for Javier's uh, Twitter account, at ASMoss92 for my Twitter and Instagram, and uh, if you're looking for bets for this weekend, you can follow the Ghost Goal account or follow Andrew at, at Andrew Passaro on Twitter and Instagram. And until next time,
0: see you.